Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. You do it, girl. You go for it. You dye your hair. Right? You try it. Go for it. That's what we always tell our friends to do. Whatever you do, go for it. We do this in sports all the time, right? We say it all the time, man, I sure wish we'd go for it. I wish we would stop, you know, depending upon prospects and sign some guys to help us play now. I wish we'd make a move at the trade deadline and go for it. Right? Put all, all in, right? Like, I want to I wanna take all my chips and just go all in and stand up and flip over my cards and go, come on, suckers, what do you got? By the way, do you guys remember what happened in the movie Rounders? The first time he went all in? But look, in sports, I know the Dimebacks made the playoffs last year, but two years ago they went all in, right? Yep, let's blow it up. All new pitching staff, how'd that work out for them? I mean, we, we see this, you pick the sport, the, the guy going all in seems, who loses a fan when the team goes all in? Nobody. Nobody. Because going forward is cool, right? 
going for it on fourth down is awesome. Don't believe me? The Eagles went for it and won the Super Bowl. But sometimes you go for it and you don't get it. Sometimes, instead of being conservative at the end of the first half, you go for it and you throw interception. Sometimes you make a big trade at the end of the trade deadline and you go for it and wonk, wonk, doesn't help you and you trade away some future superstar. Going for it sounds really cool, right? Going for it. Kicking or sticking. We're sticking. Right, you ever play backyard football as a kid? Kicking or sticking? Who uh, In Madden, you go, everybody go, go for it. I go for it. I go for it. I go for two every time at Madden. I do it to go over to. Do you remember what happened two years ago? Mark Helfrich basically lost his job because the math told him you should always go for two. He plays at, they play Nebraska on the road. They go for two. They don't get it ever. And it becomes a point of embarrassment. What are we doing? Just kick the extra point. Why are we leaving points on the field? Why are we? Wait a second. You love it when we go for it. No, you don't. You love it when you go for it and you get it. Which brings me to the Oklahoma City Thunder. They went for it. They did. Now, I didn't love the moves at the time because I Carmelo's never won Bubkiss. And I felt like, look, Paul George, he said, it's pretty clear he wanted to be in Los Angeles and you gave away two young starters under club control. Depth helps you. Youth helps you. And the more guys under rookie contracts that are playing helps you because it allows you to go out and get some bad contracts at the end of the season. So the first thing with the Oklahoma City Thunder you need to know is, hey, man, they went for it and everybody championed it. And you know what? They suck. They're not a well-put-together team. Because in order for Carmelo Anthony to be at all marginally effective – he has to play the four, and even then you're kind of hiding him, right? And if you're going to play Carmelo at the four, man, you better have an athletic five. The problem with it is they added Paul George, who also plays some four. And yeah, they lost Andre Robertson, but if you had Robertson, though, your defense would be better between he and Steven Adams. That's basically two guys in the paint the entire game defensively. You don't guard Robertson. You don't guard Steven Adams. And so there's no driving lanes. And so part of it is going for it is going for it is good, but you got to have all the right pieces. You got to understand this is a world to which, yeah, sure. You need hybrid bigs, but you also need guys that can handle that can create shots for others. And so while I think Russell Westbrook is all screwed up, I think he's got some bad habits. I think he's got bad body language. And I think he's got a reputation which not only precedes him, but also empowers him to continue those bad habits and that bad body language. No, no, no. Russell Westbrook isn't a bad teammate when his teammate misses a layup and he gives him a scowl. That's Russell Westbrook because he just cares more than everybody else. Like, dude, they're getting beaten by the Utah Jazz. Who lost their best player to the Boston Celtics via free agency. Got nothing back in return. And then trade away their second leading scorer in that Cavs trade. 
and got Jay Crowder, who, let's be honest, is a shell of his former self. Like, there is no, their leading scorer is a rookie and wasn't a top two or three draft pick. Rudy Gobert started his career in the D-League. And Ricky Rubio, though a top five, top six, whatever pick, five pick, coming out, uh, has been, was, was seen as a bust up until this year. But what they are is a team. What they have is multiple ball handlers. And what they didn't do is go for it with one fail swoop. They have younger, more active players. They have a better bench. And the big reason they have a better bench is Oklahoma City trade away two for one with both of the deals that they made. Carmel Anthony's absolutely a better player than Doug McDermott or than Ennis Cantor. But those are two bodies and two guys that don't require the basketball always in order to be successful. And really, Cantor, pretty good offensive player. He might actually be a better offensive player at this point in his career than Mello is at this point in his offensive career. And Doug McDermott, though, not, a, not the kind of player he was in college. He's the type of shooter that spreads the floor, knows his role, comes off the bench, moves around, and just creates space for others. And you've seen Sabonis, you've seen Oladipo, you understand. Those are four traded for two. Killed their depth, killed their shooting, killed their ball handling killed their chances of winning this year, even though they went for it. They went for it. Now, I don't think this series is over because I've seen the Utah Jazz time and time again lose game six at home. 97, 98, 2017. It happens in Utah. It feels like a place that should be impossible to win. But Utah has lost game sixes at home far more than they've won game sixes at home. That said, this is a classic case of a team that was loved, that we were enthralled with because they went for it. Go for it. Right? Everybody watched Dukes of Hazard growing up, but if you see a bridge out sign, are you going for it? Buckle up, honey. I saw this on Dukes of Hazard once. Sure, sounds like a good idea, but remember, there's a, a risk with that reward. And the risk is they could lose Paul George. They're stuck with Melo for another year. Hell, they're stuck with Russell Westbrook, who has proved beyond anybody reasonable doubt, though super talented and super competitive, he's also really uncoachable and, and really hard to play with. The stats belie it because I, I know how your mind works. You're like, there's no way a guy can average double digits in assist and be selfish. But that's not the case. Watch the game. He holds it a click too long. He wants to. He There's no hockey assist. There's no ball movement. There's untimely bad shots. He's not as good a finisher. He drives in there hard. He's crazy athletic, but he doesn't actually make it as much as you think he should make it. And in his effort to make it personal last night against Ricky Rubio, he cost his team a substantial chunk of his energy and of his talents because he was in foul trouble, because he was overly aggressive, and he told the world, I'm going to shut this guy down. So the next time you want your team to go for it, go for it. Why don't we make that trade? Why don't we do this? Why do we sit here and stand pat? Now you see why. Here's Paul George after the game. I think us three, this is what we want. Not necessarily be in this position, but to, to at this point, give it everything we got. That's, that's all it's going to take. 
uh, approach this game like it's game seven. Keep our uh, this playoff run alive, uh, but approach it like it's game seven. Awesome. Approach every game like it's game seven. This is what we want. I do think that Westbrook operates better backs against the wall mentality. I do think this thing is at least going back to Utah and it wouldn't stop me if it's going back to Oklahoma City. I just, this is not a good, this is not a healthy way to live. This is not a fun thing to watch. And I, look, I, I thought that Utah was really smart, really smart about some of the cheap stuff they were doing last night. Joe Ingles, kind of getting in the face of Paul George, goading him into a tee, the trash talk, the tweaking of them, the flopping around, they're flopping like fish. They won't get those calls in game five. Like, I'm completely realistic about how Utah played up the home, the home thing and was flop, falling all over themselves like Lance Stevenson was. And they got some of those calls. All of that said, like Oklahoma City looked like completely dysfunctional mash unit. They looked awful last night. And they're put together, they are put, they are a fantasy team. Well, Carmelo averages 25, and Paul George averages 25, and Russell Westbrook averages 27 or 28, and a triple double. It'll just work. That ain't the way it works. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's welcome the guys played in the league, brothers starting the league. Uh, trained several of these quarterback prospects. Has seen them all because he's worked the, the Elite 11 camp. He's Jordan Palmer. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. You can follow him on Instagram at Jordan Palmer. Also, check out QBSummit.com. Jordan, yesterday we had one of your protégés on. We had uh, Sam Donald on with us. And uh, he said you're going to be you know, there as part of his kind of draft support staff, if you will. When did you, you first meet Sam Donald? You know, I met him when he was like 15 years old. Just I was working out in the offseason with one of my old coaches, Bob Bazenko, and um, he was just a kid who was there. And I know you've been around Carson a long time. I was just cracking up because I couldn't believe how much that redheaded kid looked like my brother when he was 15. And I'm not going to say I saw talent or anything like that at that age. I just thought it was hilarious. He walked like Carson. He talked like him. He acted like him, dressed like him. And, and then, you know, a year later, he's like getting offers. And then the next year, he's in the Elite 11 with me. And, now it's like, whoa, this guy's like really good, and, uh, and so it's just kind of snowballed. But uh, he's always he's always been really athletic. He was a great basketball. Uh, he actually has serious game, Doug. You should look into that at some point. We should go. E- we, should, we should go Equinox. We should should we Equinox him? Or Equinox, we we we, sh- we shoot hoops a lot at Stance's headquarters, the Saw Company in uh, yeah, in San Clemente. They yeah, have a nice court there. They're and, playing. Uh, uh, they're playing we Wednesday. There. They're playing Wednesday. I I have to work. But they're playing noon Wednesday. If you can set up another a little later afternoon game after he gets drafted, I'm I'm in. I'm in. He yeah, he's got game, but uh, he's always been that athlete. He's always been um, really really confident, even though. You know, he comes across, he's super humble. He's just like, you know, everything's grounded in humility for him. But when it comes on, you know, game time when you need it, um, he'll be confident. So it's been so fun to just kind of watch 
this thing build over these last couple of years and, and watch him go out there and, and earn everything that's in front of him. Um, Jordan Palmer joining us. If you've forgotten, he threw for over 11,000 yards as a quarterback at UTEP, played a couple of years uh, in the National Football League, more than a couple of years, several years in the National Football League, seven, in fact, bunch of different teams, trains a lot of these young star quarterbacks. You've seen him in at Elite 11. Elite 11. Um, okay, there, there's talk about his – there's always been talk about his release. He gets rid of it quick, but it's a bit of a long release. Uh, working with you guys, as long as you work with you guys, do you change that? Can you change that? Does it need to be changed? Well, it's, it's actually kind of a cool story. So this is this last season was his sophomore season. So after the Rose Bowl season and then going into his sophomore season was really when we first started to address, I'll, I'll, I'll use the term the loop, his loop, and dropping the ball down and coming back up. And he was getting the ball out quick. He was accurate. He was all that stuff. Um, but we were just having conversations throughout if, if it's not creating any more energy, can we get rid of it? And so um, I had found out that Wilson, the, the 100-year-old um, you know, sporting goods company that had, it makes the NFL footballs, they came out with a new technology, and they had a chip in the ball. It's called Wilson Connected Footballs. And they, uh, so they took that chip, and you can measure everything. And uh, it was early on, but last offseason, what we did is I started putting stationary targets all over the field and we determined that at around 32 yards, when he's throwing the ball as hard as he can, around 32 yards is when he dropped the ball down. But then we looked at the data, and he had the same spiral efficiency, the same spin, and the same velocity. So instead of me building a drill, what he was allowed to do, was able to do that day is kind of go, I guess I don't really ever need to drop the ball down again because my hypothesis was that it was psychological, and he was doing it because he thought he needed to without even thinking about it. And... Um, that's when the loop started to shorten up. And then this off season, we got a chance to just do muscle memory, uh, clean it up a little bit more. But what you see right now is, is the best version of Sam. I don't think there's one stroke for everybody. And, um, and Sam is, uh, Sam could spin it. Yeah. Um, a lot is made of the turnovers. There were a lot of there were fumbles early, some strict strip sack fumbles as well. Um, only seven, I think, his last nine games. What's your assessment of how, and he even talked about it yesterday with us, and how, like, look, the film is what it is. got to clean it up. How hard are those turnovers going to be to clean it up? Well, I, you know, I think in, in everybody who has an opinion and a Twitter account who wants to talk about this, um, if you're going to look at the fumbles, the, the, and let's say the careless fumbles, not like getting stripped while you're throwing, right? That's not your fault. If you're going to look at the ones that, that, that he owns, and he owns them, he owns them. If you're going to look at those, you also have to measure those against him dropping back, rolling to his right, planting, cutting back to the left, spinning, and throwing a touchdown. Because he actually was careless with the ball in a lot of those plays, too. And when you're 19 and 20 years old and you're learning your game and your style, and, and, uh, and I mean, you played basketball at high level, you, you know that you, you develop your own style and your own game. Um, you, have to, you have to really learn how to mitigate the risk and the reward of those types of decisions. And so some of the times when he was careless with the ball led to turnovers, but it also led to a lot of the wow plays, which is why people have him at the top of the draft. So if you hold those two things in tension, and then a guy like me and his new quarterback coach, you know, I'm, I'm done with him, but his new quarterback coach steps in and says, all right, how do we continue to have, but we just have better ball security when we're moving? That, to me, sounds like a very simple fix. Jordan Palmer joining us, uh, one of the quarterback trainers uh, for some of these star young quarterbacks. Of course, uh, an NFL quarterback in his own right joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Josh Allen's one of your other protégés, right? And here's a guy with a just massive arm, massive talent, but everyone points to, hey, dude, look at the accuracy issues. 
what do you see when you see Josh Allen? Yeah, I mean, he talent-wise, I mean, he can throw the laces off of it. Um, but uh, but in terms of the 56% completion percentage, and I've had a lot of conversations about this, the majority of the people who have opinions about the 56% are, are piling on to, to narratives that are out there because they haven't seen the tape. Seen a couple of the highlights, the All-22. They're not, they don't watch enough tape of everybody else to actually measure what that looks like. When I watch Josh Allen on tape, it looks to me like an eighth grader playing against sixth graders and with sixth graders. Yeah. I can say that. He can't. Um, and, and so when I look at the 56% completion percentage, which is too low, and we all agree, I also look at his system. You know, his system didn't have the completion to the extent that other systems had. In fact, all three other quarterbacks at the top of the draft had. So the way I look at it, my loose math is there's about 4 to 6% completions that he didn't have built in that are gimme throws. So if you add that in, he's right now he's at, then he's at 60 to 62%, and we're not having this conversation. Because when people talk about inaccuracy, what you don't see is people that are wide open down the field and he's missing them. Now, he has one or two or three, but Deshaun Watson last year, had, or his, his junior year when he won the national championship, he missed wide open seven touchdowns, and he still was runner-up for the Heisman and won the national championship and it set the league on fire. So I would say that's par for the course. In terms of the completions with Josh, Part of it is what's coming out of his hand and what he's doing, and part of it's what's happening on the other end of the throw. And so all these guys have to get better. They have to get better at finding completions. But the completion percentage is not just about accuracy. It's also the types of throws you're making, when you're making them, and the, and the tempo you're putting on the ball. And so I just look at the, the, the ingredients that Josh has, and I go, I don't really care what his completion percentage was in college. And, in fact, the more I look at it, I'm actually impressed that he got to 56%. Yeah, but there's now there are people that say, like, hey, show me a guy who was inaccurate in college that's accurate in the pros. You've been around. Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford, guys, bet higher completion percentages in the NFL than they did in college. There's two. Uh, actually, I mean, if you look at Russell Wilson, the three years at NC State, below 60%. Now, crazy numbers when he went to Wisconsin, I think 72%, a lot of short and underneath stuff. But there's a guy who. The, the system changed, right? I mean, that's that's really kind of kind of what it, what it comes down to. I want to ask you about another guy because you know you worked in the Elite Eleven and because being a SoCal guy and you were a you were brought in. I remember um, Jay Cutler got hurt one year and you were a backup uh, with the Bears, right? And yeah, with with Josh McCown. Yeah. And, lit it up. Yeah, and and Josh McCown's like one of the all time great guys. He's he's been on our show a bunch. Is 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 Rosen Cutler? Is that is that where where their person is that the personality match for them? Is that no? Who is no? He? I think I think Rosen's actually more Aaron Rodgers personality wise. Very smart, um, interested in a lot of things. You know, right now Josh Rosen gets knocked for. I think Josh Rosen's gonna be a great pro. Right now he gets knocked for like all these interests, and he says things like charity and private equity and business and all that stuff. Aaron Rodgers just bought an ownership stake in the Milwaukee Bucks. And the friend of mine, I'll just leave it at this. Like he's got a lot of stuff going on and it's all going really well. A lot of business interests. And I don't think it's a bad thing. If you're, if you have create an ability to compartmentalize and if being a great legendary NFL quarterback is always number one, then it's totally fine. And because Josh is who he is and he, and he's, candid and he'll just say whatever's on his mind, which I love. And I, I, I love it. Um, I do think that football is the most important thing to him. I think that he's going to go all in on ball. And I just don't see this being an issue with him. Um, 
No, I, I, you know, Cutler, I've seen, I, I knew Cutler as a counselor in, at Elite 11 in college when he was at Vanderbilt, backed him up in Chicago, and, you know, I've been friends with him for a long time. And, and he's a guy who's, who's um, very complex, and he's a guy who also is off the charts intelligence. And he just genuinely doesn't, the part where I will compare the two of them, and Aaron's in this group too, is those guys genuinely, genuinely, deep down inside, don't really give a crap what anybody thinks. Yeah, which, which you kind of have to. On the other hand, there is this, and this is where the Cutler thing, like there are dudes, and I've spent some time around Aaron, and when you're around Aaron, you kind of get the Aaron thing and you really like him. I haven't spent a lot of time around Rosen, but I can tell you the, the there are people from high school that are like, dude, he was so talented, but not a lot of dudes love him. And that's the same kind of thing at UCLA. Is, is that fair? Uh, you know, I don't know enough about what was going on and the opinions of people at SC just because I've been with my two guys. I've been spending so much time and effort and energy with those guys. Um, but in my personal interactions with Rosen, and I've been around him a long time, um, I really like the kid. I think he's fascinating. I think he thinks about really deep and big things. Um, and, I mean, this guy can play. <laughs> he's going to be he's gonna be a stud in the league. He knows how to run those systems. He gets the ball out of his hands quickly. He's a really fast internal processor. Um, I think he's got a bunch of good ingredients. What, what would you? What's your assessment of Mayfield? I think a walk-on winning the Heisman is like one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. I just, it's just a walk-on earning a scholarship is hard. <laughs> I mean, it's just how about, it's a, how, crazy. About a, how about a two-time walk-on? Yeah, right. Like For he walked on. Ta- he walked on and ta- three-time Heisman finalist. Yes, yes. No, it's it's a, and he never lost a road game. At Oklahoma, true road game. Didn't lose a true road game at Oklahoma. But all that said, like it's a it's there's a different level. You, I mean, you've seen it, you've played it, you know, like those dudes in the league. It is just different. Does he can can he carry over that it that you know that kind of Doritos bag of chips on his shoulder? But does he have the game to 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 play at that level? To start at that level? To start at the next level? I think he does, yeah. Um, a lot of the feedback I get from teams that are working him out privately is everybody is pleasantly surprised at how good he is at spinning it and driving the ball and layering the throw and you know whatever his forty time is, his forty time is. But he's a he's a playmaker back there, so I do think he has the game to translate. The challenge for him, and and I'm excited to see how he handles this. Is uh, I think that. The way that he manages himself and the self-control aspect of it, the stuff he did on the sideline, the stuff he's done off the field, all those issues, those are all solvable. When you go to the NFL, you get a clean slate. You get to roll in and you get to just go ahead and start over. And if he can really dive deep on terms of how he's going to handle self-control, you know, the grabbing, grabbing himself or saying stuff like, I, he cannot lose the fiery competitor because that is why he's a two-time walk-on, three-time Heisman finalist, one-time Heisman winner. That's And then the discussion for being a number one pick, it, that, that is what got him there. It's the self-control aspect that I'm excited as he grows up over these next couple of years. If he d- can't handle that, if he doesn't change any of that, he's going he's gonna to welcome a lot of new issues because he's on a bigger stage now. Uh, and he's got a lot of older teammates now that aren't going to like it. But if he can manage that stuff, then I think he's a superstar. I, I got into a, lo- a big argument. This is years ago when I was at ESPN. Jordan Palmer, a guest on Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, I got into a long argument about your brother and that I would, and this is even at the peak of Mike Vick, I would rather have your brother than have Vick because what your brother did, you're always going to be asked to do, which is, look, he's more athletic than anybody ever gave him credit. Yeah, and, throw the but, ball on third down. But can you throw the ball on third down, right? Whereas Vick... 
the things that he did best, he was going to be asked to do less. I look at Lamar Jackson, and I don't think he has the -the off-the-field baggage of Vic, but I do think he's the closest thing to Vic. Might even be faster. Probably has a leaner body, which, you know, we've seen those things break down a little bit more. But my, my fear is that even if he cleans up the passing and the completion percentage, because he just can be inaccurate for no explicable reason, he's going to be asked to do less of what he does best and more of the weakest part of his game. And that's why, with some other things as well, I would I would pass on him in the short term, especially in the first round. Yeah, you know, I, I think with him, I, I don't see enough to think that I could use my first-round pick on him if I was expecting him to play right away or take over my team after year one. Again, I haven't worked with him. I just haven't seen enough of that. But I really hope, as a fan of football, as a dude who plays fantasy and a guy who just loves NFL football, I really hope somebody takes him and they try and put the ball in his hands as much as they possibly can. And whatever that avenue is that's best and most consistent, do that a ton. If that's dropping back and playing starting quarterback and never coming out of the game, if that's what moves the chains, have him do that. If it's catching the ball, if it's a jet sweep, if it's wildcat, if it's a combination, which I think it's going to be the first year, a combination of all those things, do that. As a fan of the game, I want to see this kid in the best possible position to succeed and put up a grip of yards. Jordan Palmer. Jordan, great stuff, man. Really appreciate you joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Follow him on Instagram at Jordan Palmer. Of course, he'll be at the draft because, hey, man, he helps. The, he's the right hand of the right hand, right? Uh, that, I, I didn't think I just came up with the name of his business. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. I saw that that Odell Beckham Jr. brought his own trainer. Man, that's man, that's annoying. <laughs> that's but like, look, let's just be honest. That's an act of good faith, you know. Like, man, just show up. Don't no show on us. Right, Gronk no showed. Brady no showed. Just show up, you know. Walk through some stuff. We got a new coach. Shake hands. Kiss babies. Be a part of the team. Wear Giants gear. Don't just wear your Nike gear all, all over the place. Well, we're not, we're not asking that much. We're not asking that much. You know? And it's, it's fascinating to me. This is a, there's a little bit of Le'Veon Bell to Odell Beckham Jr. Right? Le'Veon Bell's been suspended some and been hurt some. And so in trying to establish his value, part of your value is how much you show up. Right? A little bit like being a dad. Isn't it? Like, look, you, you, sometimes you're going to lose your cool as a dad. Sometimes you're going to say the wrong thing. But at least if you're just there, right? The percentage of time you're there, you're around, you're better off. Every percentage will tell you your kid in terms of likelihood of success financially, in college, in school, with, with relationships. The more a, a father figure, a dad is around, the greater chance you have of that kid having a better life. Okay. Percentage of times you're around. Heck, one of the reasons baseball players make so much money is 162 games. They're around a lot. They got a lot of games, a lot of games. Um, in, in, in music, you know, guys that go, you make your money now touring. Right. And yeah, some people can play stadiums. You can make a ton of money, but it's the volume of 
albums, the volume of tours, the volume of dates. That's where you make your money. And there's, there's a little problem with Odell Beckham Jr. Who, yeah, there's some, there's some other, uh, there's some other mitigating circumstances. You know, there's the video, there's the, the kicking net thing, you know, the whole kicking net deal. There's a, he wants a bigger contract than anybody else. Look, I think Odell Beckham Jr. is great. He's been as productive as any wide receiver in his first four years in the league. But he's only played 16 games once in four years. Remember, he was hurt coming in, missed camp, only played the last 12 games. He did lead the league in yards per game, but he, he only played 12 games. Played 15 in year two, 16 in year three, and had a spectacular season with 10 receiving touchdowns, 1,300 yards. He had 13, 14, 1,300 yards receiving and only 300 yards receiving last year because he got hurt. He wasn't healthy to start the year. He came in two games in, then he broke his ankle, and he, he had three touchdowns in four games. He was on pace to have another great year. Suspensions aside, basically this is the Le'Veon Bell. I'm not even arguing that when healthy, he's the best player, one of the top three players in his position. I'm arguing, how do we know he's absolutely going to be healthy? And it's not fair that he broke his ankle last year, right? Like that's a that's not somebody who's injury prone. I've I've had this before. Matt Holiday, of course, has joined the show before. I remember Matt Holiday's last year with uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. He was playing great, great, and he got hit on the thumb in Chicago and he broke his thumb. And so when he was a free agent, this is going back to last offseason, he signed a $13 million, one, one year, $13 million deal with the New York Yankees. People were like, well, Matt Holiday's injury prone. Like, dude, I got hit in the hand with a fastball. How is that injury prone? Like, well, three years ago, you popped your quad and then you broke your thumb. Like, I got a hit in the hand with a fastball. So I'm not saying that it's fair to Odell Beckham Jr. that we're holding a broken ankle against him. But it is fair to say, hey, dude, you played 12, 15, 16, and three three games or so in four years in the National Football League. If you want to forget be the highest paid player, if you want to be the highest paid receiver, in addition to all the other things, durability is a factor. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Rockets last night in the third quarter, they it was it was like somebody changed the settings on NBA 2K. Like one team's playing an all-star and the other team's playing on rookie. Like, what? Did, did you guys, I don't know how much of you caught. Harden was struggling mightily in the first half. Bad. You're like, oh boy, are they going to really lose another game? Are they going to really lose another game to the Minnesota Timberwolves? Because the, the, like, look, I told you that I think that the, the Timberwolves on paper are a lot better than a normal eight seed. Right? Whenever you think of Andrew Wiggins, if he's your third best player this day and age in the NBA, you're not terrible. Carl Anthony Towns is probably their best player. Jimmy Butler is their wily veteran, their second best player, maybe their best two-end player. Like, And Thibodeau's a good coach, known more for defense. This team doesn't seem to relate to him or love him. They don't run great. But and they could have won game one. They did win game three. 
if you look, they lost to some terrible teams in the regular season, but they were competitive with the top teams. So it's not crazy for them to win a game or maybe win two games. But I can't go crazy over a 50-point quarter. Right? I can't. Just like I can't go crazy over a 21-point quarter, which is what they had in the first quarter. It's like, oh, they had 50. They had 19 in the fourth quarter. They had 21 in the first quarter. Like those, That's pace for an 80-point game. So I understand that there's this like crazy spike. Like, oh, look at the Rockets. The Rockets do have a gear that they can hit that, I, that no one outside of the Golden State Warriors can hit. Because they can just hit you with a barrage of threes. Whap, 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 whap. Trey, like, man, how many do they have this quarter? They got 50. In a quarter? Yeah. But I can't freak out about that because I didn't freak out when they lost to the Timberwolves. I don't freak out when they have these 19-point quarters or these 20-point quarters or 21-point quarters. Just like, I just, there's a, there's a balance to it. I know they have that. You shoot that many threes, it's the old live by it, die by it. And they're going to die by it eventually. But man, when they live by it, oh, do they live by it? It's like watching Pleasantville. You guys remember the movie Pleasantville? The first half was black and white and everything was perfect. It's like, whap, 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 whap. they go into the gym and they make everything. That's what it looked like. There's your highlights of the Minnesota Timberwolves losing to the Rockets. Just close your eyes and think of Pleasantville. Don't close your eyes if you're driving. Close your eyes and think of Pleasantville when it was black and white. Yes. If they score 50 for two quarters, I'll get excited. They get score 50 for three quarters, maybe even aroused. Okay. They score 50 for four straight quarters. All right. I mean, it'll be a big thing. But when you go 21, 29, 50, 19, you end up with 119. And granted, you took your foot way off the gas in the fourth quarter. I woke up this morning with the exact same feeling about the Rockets and the Timberwolves that I woke up with for the last week. I knew they were better. I knew they would eventually win the series. It's just going to come down to, would it be in five or six games? That's it. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. And now... All right, Josh Rosen was on with Dan Patrick earlier today. He had this to say about what he wants to be in the NFL. I think the biggest thing, at least on the football field, is I want to be respected. I want to come off the field, and I want to shake their middle linebacker's hand. I want to shake one of their top DBs. And he goes, you played a hell of a game, both ways. And I, I want to be respected. I want to get out in the field in the NFL, and I want to play, and I want to earn the respect of my opponents and my teammates. Yeah, that's the, I want to be respected. I don't want to be, I, I'm not here to be liked. I'm not here to be anybody's buddy. And that's, that's what he said. Um, I do think it's, it's completely sensible to draw the conclusion. Jordan Palmer was on with us earlier today. And he, he thinks Josh Rosen will be a tremendous NFL quarterback. He's like, look, he's like Aaron, more like Aaron Rodgers than he is Jay Cutler. I think one of the mistakes that Jordan Palmer makes that others in my position make that NFL people are not making is Aaron Rodgers may have always had this type of evolved personality, 
He may have always had the interest. For example, he's a minority owner now with the Milwaukee Bucks. But that wasn't the personality that was on display the day he was drafted. Right? We all kind of evolve. It's a lot like, look, I've been married for 20 years this August. Oh, no. Sorry. My bad. She's not listening. 18 years this August. We've been together 20 years this uh, October. And I can tell you that I am not the same. Like, I don't know. Like, would she have married me if she knew how I was now? I don't know. But I was not now how I was then. It's not necessarily a slight at how I am now, but I've, I've changed and grown up and matured and have things that I like and don't like and things that I do and don't do as opposed to when I was in college. My point is that we're all saying, well, he's like, he's like Aaron Rodgers. He might be. He's like Aaron Rodgers now. The difference is when Aaron Rodgers came to the league, he was completely indifferent, completely and totally different. He was more humble. He was more soft-spoken. He was much more guarded with what and when and why he would say what and when and why he would say it. And I think that's the part that we need to be very careful about. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.